Hey, welcome to this episode of the Hillside Church Podcast. We wanted to start recording more content and conversations as an effort to try to encourage and equip our church midweek. We hope to cover a variety of topics as well as hear from others in our church. Today, we want to continue our conversation on the book of Ecclesiastes. All right, fans, we're back for another episode. What's up, fans? (laughs) It got me again uh, for another episode of our Ecclesiastes series. You guys are still listening, so congrats to you guys for sticking with us through however. Thick and thin. Yeah, lots of thick and thin. So congrats to the real MVP, all our listeners. Mm -hmm. So we're back for episode who knows what. Um, seven. So is it seven? Well, episode number seven for the Ecclesiastes series. Yeah. Okay. Podcast has more episodes than that. That seems like a lot. Mm-hmm. But today we are looking at chapter seven, specifically the first, well, 14 verses. We'll see what we cover. But uh, looking at that section of the book, um, which he covers different saying wise sayings um, through these verses. So I want to start off, Mr. Severson. Yeah. Asking you, who's somebody in your life that you would call wise, mm-hmm. and why would you, uh, why, why them? What do they do that makes them wise? Yeah, well, I had a, I had one person in mind, and I'll still say him. But I was actually also thinking in the same way as this one person. Uh, my dad was super wise, and um, I think uh, I worked for a guy. He was the lead pastor at the church I was at in Missoula for thirteen years. Um, named Jeff and I see him as quite wise. Um, had another mentor in my life named Brian in Missoula who was also quite wise. And I think the reason that <clears throat> all three of those people were so wise uh, or are, um, I kind of, I, right before we started this podcast, I, I said to you, Dan, that I think, uh, a good commentary on Ecclesiastes 7, 8, and 9 would be James chapter 1. Because mm-hmm. it talks about trials of various kinds and God, you know, testing and producing, but also being quick to listen and slow to speak and slow to become angry and all of these types of things. And I think that what makes uh, the people in my life that I would consider wise, wise is they are quick listeners, slow speakers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're... Words don't tend to be flippant at all. And also just because of my personality, they've been easy to follow because they don't um, they don't lead with an opinion. They often think, and then it sort of gets me to the point where I'm begging for them to tell me what they think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I see so much wisdom in that because it's easier to follow someone you don't feel like is um, hitting you with a cattle prod. What's a cattle prod? I actually don't know. It's just a term I've heard <laughs> used. Cattle prod? In, yeah, in various so, situations. I've heard people use it. My guess is it's like the shape of a screwdriver, just longer. Is it used on cattle? <laughs> I don't know. Is it, I'm going to look it, it up. I actually think it's... This is important. We need to drop I think everything. it's electrical. Oh, a cattle prod, also called a stock prod or a hot stick, is a handheld device commonly used to make cattle or other... Uh, livestock move by striking or poking them. 
Right. So I don't ever. I've your never rod really felt, and your cattle prod comfort me. Right. I've never really felt. Uh, you didn't think that was very funny. I've never really felt prodded by um, the people in my life that I yeah. believe to be wise. You're explaining their wisdom, you yeah. know, slow to speak, quick yeah. to listen. That's a very different definition of wisdom than maybe our culture gives. Because our culture, we look at the people that are so quick to speak. And so we think have all the answers and right. are flailing them around like crazy. But really, a lot of the wisdom is in the people that are slow to speak, quick to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times we we notice or highlight the people that are uh, quite the opposite, but think of them as wise. So that's interesting, um, mm-hmm. just how we value. I think we have a different value on wisdom or quote unquote wisdom than what the Bible teaches. Yeah. And I I would even maybe go so far as to say we label people good leaders too soon Mm -hmm. uh, because of that. And really sometimes a good leader is defined by their ability to be patient in their leadership. Where we might just see, oh, that person's like charismatic and their personality and, and view that as inherent wisdom when really it's not not necessarily is you could be charismatic and have wisdom but we look at those things and think oh there's a good leader worth following yeah rather than oh what about this person because a lot of times i think the wise people actually go unnoticed a lot Um, they don't draw as much attention to themselves i guess is what i'm trying to say as somebody maybe a little more immature or still growing in their wisdom that was actually Probably one of the most uh, easily defined traits about my dad that I loved the most was you kind of had to ask him mm-hmm. if you wanted to know what he thought. Yeah. And generally, when he did tell you what he thought, you were like, oh, my goodness, why didn't you tell me that 10 years ago? Yeah. You know, because it was just like, wow, that's that would have been helpful. You know. <laughs> and um, then you hang on to every word because exactly. they're so they're mm-hmm. not empty words. Mm-hmm. They're meaningful words. It reminds me of um, 1 Corinthians 3, 19, where uh, I think it's 19. Yeah, Paul says, for the wisdom of this world is folly with God. Mm-hmm. It, it It's interesting, like there's a difference between worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. So the, right. the That's a good way to say wisdom it. of this world is folly with God. It doesn't mean that the world doesn't have what we would call wisdom in our world standards. But then it says, for it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. Um, and then verse 20, and again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they're futile. So God's wisdom and man's wisdom or godly wisdom and worldly wisdom are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Not the same thing. And um, so maybe we just define real quick. Yeah, what would you define can. biblical or godly wisdom? Well, I mean, I think if we use Ecclesiastes since we've been in the book for a while and um, actually in four weeks, we'll hit this pretty hard. But the Bible would define godly wisdom first and foremost as the fear of God. That's wisdom. Um, The fear of God is the beginning of what we would call godly wisdom. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it would and in my mind, that means that we make our decisions and our choices and we base our wise counsel 
if we're we have godly wisdom off of what pleases God, mm-hmm. what what stands in awe of God, and what ultimately um, is exists to glorify God. Yeah, so it's kind of you could say trying to see the world from the perspective of through a godly perspective rather than a worldly perspective, which Ecclesiastes, you know, the whole time he's trying to get us to take a different view than just an under the sun view. So it's like seeing to, to know the right course of action to take in a certain situation. Mm-hmm. Um, like you're saying, we need to have these, like the filter of, okay, what's going to please God? What, aligns with God's heart yeah. Um, from God's perspective and in my perspective as I'm growing more like Christ, what, uh, what would be the most God honoring decision? Would you say that's kind of yeah how you define wisdom? How does it differ from just like knowledge? Cause mm-hmm. there's a lot of really smart people <laughs> mm-hmm. that have probably a life Littered with a lot of really bad choices. They're brilliant, mm-hmm. high IQ. I, I don't know if this will answer your question or not, and it's quite possible that it won't. Because well, when we asking. talk about high IQ, I might fall into a different category. But low I think, IQ, or at least uh, average, somewhere in the different place of IQ than the high standard. Okay, but I don't know. I've never, I've never um, eyed my IQ or whatever. However you do that. I don't know. I think it's a uh, internet. It's, yeah. There's colors involved for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> all of that to say, I, I, w- I do want to be careful and say this, that I don't think that Christianity, that we as believers should separate ourselves from being intellectual. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of wisdom in even grappling with like, what is God doing? And the problem of evil and all of these things that sometimes feel intellectually pretty high up there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that the godly wisdom in comparison to just like knowledge right. would say this. Um, I cannot fully define and explain God and his sovereignty. That knowledge is something that I know and godly wisdom is something that I know in a different way, like in my heart more than in my head, you Mm -hmm. know, it's faith. So I don't think that's the greatest way to define what you're asking, but in my mind, that's the first thing that comes up is one intelligence isn't bad, but sometimes godly wisdom, there is the major difference would be, um, it's just faith that God reigns above it all. Mm-hmm. But what are your thoughts on that? I guess question? I would just say maybe I don't think wisdom lacks knowledge, but I think knowledge doesn't automatically equate in having wisdom. Yeah. So, because even there's probably been times in your life where God has called you to do something and it doesn't make sense on paper, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah. But there was wisdom in obeying God because you felt it would be pleasing to the Lord. Yeah. That's but true. if you would have, you know, asked, and somebody that has no stock in your faith, they'd be like, that decision makes zero sense. It doesn't help your bottom dollar, you mm. know, bottom line thing. So it goes against knowledge, but the wisdom mm. is... Uh, that's interesting. I think that's really good. Thanks. I just yeah. came up with that. Well, it's funny. I 
I was just reading yesterday in a book about, it was like in the 1980s when, uh, were you born yet? Uh, I was born in 91, baby. Nice. But when uh, President Reagan was asking, um, was it Mikhail Gorbachev or, or who was it the in Berlin where the wall was up? Yeah, Kevin McHale, I think. Yeah, divided <laughs> east and west Berlin. But uh, Reagan we, was going to say... We lack knowledge on this. Yeah, I think it was in 1981 or 80. I don't remember. Maybe later, 87. I don't know. I would have been like zero to six years old in that range. So I'm just kind of getting caught up on the history. But he said in, you know, in a speech, tear down that wall to the uh, leader of Germany at the time. And... Um, it's funny, in like weeks leading up to it, I was just reading this, uh, he had asked his press secretary and also the general of the army their thoughts on whether he should say that or not, and they both advised against it. Hmm. Um, and I don't know what Reagan's spiritual beliefs were. You know, people say things, and I, I just don't know. I can't judge those things. I don't know him. I didn't. But, but it kind of makes you wonder if like, some of his wisdom in being bold in that statement was like, okay, well, all these people around me who have knowledge and supposed wisdom are saying, don't do that. But mm -hmm. I'm clearly feeling like I'm led by something different mm -hmm. to go ahead and say it. And it was a very uh, formational move on his part. Again, I don't know if it was biblical or not, but it's just interesting to hear that, that wisdom doesn't, I agree with you, it doesn't lack knowledge. Um, but sometimes it doesn't make sense by the world standards. Right. On paper, it doesn't always map out. Mm -hmm. What? Well, give me an example of how that's worked in your life. I'm really curious. What's that on paper experience where you're like, nope, I feel like God's leading me this way anyway, even though it didn't make sense? Uh, moving to South Dakota. You moved to South Dakota? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I don't know. On paper, it just didn't. It didn't make a lot of sense, but there was a conviction mm -hmm. to come. I definitely, I, a lot of people that were encouraging to me, but definitely people that were like, are you sure? Mm -hmm. Are you sure? And I'm like, no, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not. But mm. I think God is leading us in this way. Um, and mm. here we are. So that's the first one that comes to mind because it's probably the most recent, mm -hmm. bit, like big decision, big life decision. Yeah. Where God was leading me somewhere where on paper you could say, well, this doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. Right. But scripture is full of people obeying God, you know, and when it, it's not going to make any sense. Like, oh, take your son up this uh, here hill <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Okay. I mean, probably didn't seek a lot of counsel from his friends on that one, um, but he obeyed God. And so, yeah. I don't know. That's what I would say. I wanted to spend a little bit of time, if it's okay with you, touching on this one verse that uh, I, when we were several weeks ago, I was reading through the book and some other books about Ecclesiastes and came across this verse that I just hate and love so much. Mm, verse um, 7, verse 10. Don't say... Why were the former days better than these, since it is not wise of you to ask this? Mm. And the reason I, that one kicked me in the pants um, is because uh, I do, I do this all the time. I look back and I say, gosh, the glory days 
were better than these days. And what really convicted me and pushed on me is this book we're reading through, and he quotes uh, C.S. Lewis, how like the whole idea of nostalgia is yeah. he like he talks about it as a form of escapism by like taking a vacation in the past. Anyway, C.S. Lewis has a lot of he has a lot to say on this um, that in nostalgia, in longing for past things, you're actually you're mistaking like you're you're searching for a past feeling by looking at a past thing to fulfill you. Anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, that's in the weight of glory. I think he talks about it, but you you think you're longing for the past, but the past was never as good as your mind is telling you it was. Mm-hmm. And says Lewis, God is giving you in that moment one of the most profound glimpses of the intensity of perfection and beauty that you have actually yet to see. And mm-hmm. here's the kicker: what is in fact pulling on your heartstrings is the future. It's mm-hmm. heaven. It's your sense of home and belonging that has just cracked the surface of your life for just a moment and then is gone. And then the author goes on to say, wise people who understand how God has made us long, uh, made us to long for him and for heaven don't look backward when they get nostalgic. Yeah, I just get, I'm really nostalgic as far as not like trinkets and stuff. Like I'm going to keep this thing from my grandpa from, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Taylor's more like that, but I just as memories and places I get so yeah, like I long for past good times a, you know, a lot. What they're saying in that book is this is just a, it's like a um, what's the word I don't know, uh, like a hint at yeah. a greater longing, a foretaste, a fortitude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, a foretaste. It's like a false. It's basically it's like a false hope for uh golly there's a word for this guys that is escaping me but um it's like a what what's it called when there's like something but it's not the real thing like money Mm, a mirage no you give Mm. somebody money but it's not like actual money it's a uh, counterfeit yes there it is oh this is fun pictionary yeah okay i'd be good at pictionary not so much (laughs) (laughs) okay how looking back getting so stuck in the past yeah and remembering it as more rosy than it really was is a counterfeit for our our, uh what our heart is actually longing for which is the future right and this uh eternity that god has put in our hearts for him yeah but we're we're looking at the counterfeit to fulfill us so many of us i'm so happy you thought of that word counterfeit yeah. <laughs> thank you okay you can talk we were about actually talking about this at our um community group last night but it's like a reference to napoleon dynamite have you ever seen that movie mm-hmm. But Uncle Rico is just stuck in the past in his glory days of playing football. You I'm remember, Uncle Rico. You remember that? Yeah. You know, and like back in high school, I could throw this football over those mountains over there, you know, and mm-hmm. so many people do that where we get stuck in the past and we laugh about it and we're like, gosh, man, yeah, you won the state championship, but now you're 65 and it's you. It's yeah. time to move on. But it was good. Mm-hmm. It was it was good. And you do remember things better than they probably even were. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really interesting how God like places on your heart this, this, uh, cause nobody thinks back to the past and thinks like, oh man, I really wish that I could, well, childbirth maybe is a really good example. You know, we forget the pain of birthing a child. You and I definitely yeah, forget that Yeah, we forget pain. that. <laughs> but I don't remember it being that painful the, at all. The sleepless nights or that all of those things forget. like God sort of 
helps us to forget those things. And you just remember like, oh, the smell of a freshly baked baby. And them just sleeping like, on your chest. Yeah, all oh. these glorious, oh, it's so fun to play, you know, Legos or go sledding. Or, and I know a lot of these things are happening with your kids now and they're pretty mm-hmm. little, but like uh, you just forget that the hard things and it's, it's, yeah. n- it's neat to think like that God's really placing in your heart uh, a desire for eternity. Right. Where Revelation says he's making all things new and it's going to be beautiful. And um, yeah, we just have, we just have bad. Is your phone? Sorry, my wife's text, trying to text me. Shout out to Taylor. <laughs> she wants to be on the podcast. You can follow her on Instagram yeah. <laughs> at Taylor G. Wildy. No, that's really good. I think that's really good. Really, it's a, uh, a foretaste and... Looking backwards is in some ways it's even just ruining today. Yeah. You know, yep. when you're only thinking of something from 30 years ago or <laughs> 10 years ago or whatever. Yeah. You're really missing out on what God has for you right now. Right. And it's a real kick in the pants because I I think about things years ago and how great they were and how I'd love to go back to, you know, skiing in montana even though sioux falls is fun to ski at but is it yeah not really (laughs) but but it's just like you know you that was that's a real that was a real kick for me too and on on top of that even um verse eight better is the end of a thing than its beginning and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit just god is god is doing something through the process Mm -hmm. and part of growing in our maturity spiritually is being patient with what God is doing right, right now yeah. and what he's leading us towards. Mm-hmm. And it's being good. grateful for where he has us now. I yeah. think of that, we'll end on this, but I think of that Jim Elliott quote. Mm. Uh, he was a missionary. If you're not familiar with him, not you, Robbie, but the listeners, <laughs> I don't know why I had to put that in. Um, but he says, it, one of his quotes was just, wherever you are, be all there. Mm. And that, I love that quote and man, it's hard to live by, Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's beautiful. Cause that's like, that's how we really do want to live. Mm-hmm. Like deep down, that's, we want to be able to be fully present, fully engaged in what God's doing in our life yep. right now. But that takes wisdom to be able to do that. Yep. So we'll wrap up there. Um, any last thoughts or stupid things you want to say? <laughs> I have nothing left to say. Okay. That's not stupid. Just one stupid thing. Quick. Uh, keep an eye out for Dan's new movie on, um, VidAngel called. On what? I don't know. VidAngel. What was the GodTube? It's on GodTube called. I used to have the Angel Channel. Oh, Angel Channel. They used to have like, uh, the top whatever Christian artist. My brother and I used to watch it. I don't have anything. Like Super Chick. Remember them? I have nothing dumb left to say. Okay. Nothing dumb left to say. Or wise. So let's hang it up. All right. We're going to hang it up here. We will be back next week for chapters eight and nine, right? Well, TBD. TBD, we will be back but, next week for something past Ecclesiastes 7. We'll see yeah. where we, we end up. We won't get into 10, but we'll be in 8 and 9 somewhere. Somewhere in there. So we will see you on the next episode. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Hillside Church Podcast. We hope you are enjoying our series through the book of Ecclesiastes. There's a lot of wisdom to be found in this text, and we hope you are enjoying and studying along with us. We will be back next week looking at chapters 8 and 9, and we will see you on the next episode.